Hi, welcome to Rockstar Sucks. My name is Coral Q, and you may know me from my various music projects, Museum Mouth, Gay Meat, or my slight involvement with the band Say Anything. Hello, my name is Becca. Hi, and I just want to say how great it is to be in a place where seasons exist again, because shout out to Atlanta for cooling off on the first day of fall. It was like, got cold. Meanwhile, everyone in California is like, it's the hottest day of the year. And I'm like, <laughs> ha, ha, suckers. Um, yeah, suckers. it's kind of, it's totally crazy that the first day of fall was actually cold. How does that, I feel like that doesn't necessarily always happen, but I think that, um, I think that Mother Earth knew we needed it this year <laughs> mm-hmm. on the East Coast specifically. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, there's been a slight delay in the pod if to all the diehards, to all the heads that have noticed, um, because work has been incred busy lately, um, and it's just been, it's been, in, it's been legitimately difficult to find the time to make the pod, and it is with this confession that I have to reveal that this will be the end of season two of It Rocks Heart Socks. <laughs> Becca, Becca, we we really did that. We did it. We persevered. We we went on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> we got dysentery. You know, our horse died, and we finally made it to. Is the Oregon Trail like? Where are they going? Is it Oregon? <laughs> I would. Dare to, California. I would dare to think it's Oregon, but um, maybe they didn't know it was Oregon. Maybe they ended up in California thinking they were going to Oregon. I really actually legitimately don't know anything about the Oregon Trail, period. I just know the jokes about getting dysentery in the game. The Oregon Trail started in Missouri and ended in Oregon City. So today we're gathered here on Zoom to discuss the beloved Microsoft game, <laughs> The Oregon Trail. <laughs> um, that's not true. We're actually, the two of us are gathered here today on Zoom. And I, okay, <laughs> this could be an iconic moment because <laughs> I might not know what record we're talking about. <laughs> but stop. I'm 90% sure we're gathered here today on Zoom to talk about Demon Days by the Van Gorillas. Becca, am I right? Thank Thank God. I was really nervous when I sat down. I was like, I listened to this record a lot today. I hope this is the right record. Um, Yeah, I listened to it driving home today. Um, Not the entire thing, but since thinking we were going to record... Uh, a week ago haven't really I'm sorry I'm having like heartburn issues again <laughs> heartburn gas um what you guys don't know is that right before we started recording Becca confessed to me that she made knockoff d- drunken noodles and now she's contemplating suing the person <laughs> that posted the recipe 
Because she's on what? 48 hours or 72 hours of heartburn? It's been longer. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Like, I don't. I think it started on like the 22nd or like the 21st. (laughs) And those first two nights were hell. And I thought I was dying. And then I was like, oh, it's the noodles doing this to me. (laughs) But like, it's just been lingering. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) I'm like trying to think of all the ways you could try to flush out your system. Have you? (laughs) Okay, I won't. I. I won't venture to. I've I've to taken a ton of like heartburn uh, prevention pills and also tums. Um, it's just kind of like an ache in my heart now. So heartache. But I'm not. I'm quite the opposite of a heartache. Okay. <laughs> I like simply don't I'm I don't know what else to say. Um like, I don't care. Well, I do care. It's your well being. I just simply don't have any advice other than like, you know, at very last ditch effort, you're at wit's end with this. Like maybe enema or something. I really don't know. <laughs> like just make sure it's all out. Um all right. So Demon <laughs> Days by Gorillas. <laughs> Um, gorillas by gorillas, not um, g- g- not girls. Gorillas. I didn't. Did I say girls? No, it kind of sounded like you could have said girls by gorillas. I literally, Becca. Un- I have to say something really, really personal on the pod. This happens to be one of my all-time favorite bands. I know, because Damon Albarn is your father. <laughs> You know, my biological father. No, for years I would joke um, that Damon Albarn was my musical father. Liz Fair is my musical mother. Damon Albarn, my musical father. Everything that he touches, I'm just like, yes, I adore. Um, So Demon Days came out May 11th of 2005. Becca, how did you discover Miss Demon Days? (laughs) Excuse me. I don't know. Um, I gotta... How old was I? I'm guessing it... Oh, God. Because they had the singles that were hits. So, like, what What was, like, the, the hit from their self-titled? 19-2000 and Clint Eastwood were the two big singles. Clint Eastwood probably turned me on to Gorillaz. And then... Demon Days, of course, like Feel Good Inc. Uh, I was like, I need to know every line to this song. Um, just, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so Feel Good Inc. The vid, maybe radio play. The song got constant radio play. It still is like, I still hear it on the modern rock station to this day. Which is crazy on a boots. Yeah. Okay, so I was 12. So, yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking, like, I might have been, like, way too young to know who they were and thinking of who I could have, like, found them through. But it was probably just my own free will. Yeah, I'd say, like, seventh grade is, like, 12 years old, seventh grade is, like, the perfect time to find gorillas because that's literally when I found them. Um, with their self-titled so that makes tons of sense but um, for me having been a fan of self-titled I was ecstatic when Demon Days got announced I was scared that this band would 
pardon me, it would never have a second full length. And my God, excuse me, it's contagious. <laughs> You're a disease. Um, but I was like, um, oh my God, handboat. But uh, yeah, anyway, Feel Good Inc., unbelievable first single. And then when the record came out, I was instantly obsessed with the song Dare. Dare was second single, and it became just as fucking huge at least for a moment or two and oh this record is just so this was like a record that like um my entire friend group this was like a this is my sophomore year of high school so my entire friend group was much older than me and this was like every house party we ever went to this song this album was playing which is like a cool setting to be um consuming this album in but yeah I, spoiler alert, I really like this record. So, uh, Becca, should we talk about the critical reception? Um, sure. I, I, only album review I read was Pitchfork. Yeah, same. And Pitchfork gave them a 6.9. Which is the same exact score that they're... I think their most no, not most recent, but twenty seventeen record humans also got. Um and it's one point higher, I believe, than the self titled. And their highest scoring album would be Plastic Beach, which is my personal fave. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork in general has been nice to this band. The things that they give really low scores to uh are the things I think warrant those sorts of low scores where you can tell that it's not the same level of um it's just like not executed to the same level of quality as the actual lps that this band has put out but uh the review is good the review is nice the review basically just talks about how damon albarn who is like the main brain behind um the music side of gorillas it mainly just talks about how this is a very satisfying offshoot for all of his ideas that don't necessarily land in his main band blur and i think that that is true and i think that that's a cool thing and the reviewer basically says that it is surprising that this band is as uh or the, this record is as good as it is i'm what is ham what is he i know <laughs> i don't hear a word you're saying because i'm looking at ham he's looking at the ceiling fan button what are you that's doing that's cute did you hear that? No. Oh, Tootie's screaming in the other room. It's dinner time for them. We're recording this late on Sunday night. So. <laughs> um, okay, Becca, do you have anything else you want to say about the critical reception of this record? No, I just realized I, I've had the Pitchfork review open, but just never read it. <laughs> it's not bad. It's kind of nice. They do um, they do make some comparisons to like certain songs on this record being... Um, like, you know, the 2.0 version of songs from the first record. And I don't agree with that statement. I think that this record has its a very, I think all these songs have their own identity. Um, I think that there's so many ideas going on on both the first two albums for this band. I don't see how you could draw a comparison. It's just like a smorgasbord of tons of different stuff. But okay, shall we dive into track listing? Yes. Oh, Hey, well, the record opens. I just realized I never opened Genius. But the album opens with a little intro song called Intro. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Um, 
bassoon oboe bassoon i think is it does deeper. sound like bassoon bassoon it's deeper than oboe okay then bassoon you know it's the perfect setup for a concept album which also is every gorilla's album like a concept album but it's all kind of like the same you know within the same realm of like the world is going to shit Kind of, I'm assuming, I'm kind of getting that vibe, yes. Um, in general, I know that there is a animated aspect to this band where every album kind of has, like, a, it tells, like, where these characters, these four characters are in the story of their life and as a band. Um, I kind of stopped caring about the story with the third record, with Plastic Beach. But in general, with this i don't remember where they were in their arcs in this album but yes essentially it all has to do with like a post-apocalypticness period Mm -hmm. i forgot to mention that when i was younger i thought like no one knew who was behind gorillas (laughs) like i thought it was just this huge mystery like it it, no one would ever know who mr gorillas was or if there was more than one person (laughs) i literally love that concept Uh, because like i feel like on um like watching like the mtv awards or some like music award show if they won an award it would still be like the animation like talking instead and i was like wow like no (laughs) one knows who they are they're really keeping this up. <laughs> I love that. And those animations are by Jamie Hewlett, who is, is Jamie British? Yes, he's an English comic creator, animator, designer, illustrator, and director. Um, and their names are 2D, Noodle, Murdoch, and Russell individually. Um, but okay, yes, this intro rocks. I didn't know, I didn't know that this was a sample. I mean, I guess I could have probably assumed, but the genius. I'm. This is. This feels like one of those bands that like nerds love this band, so the genius is gonna be good. <laughs> and uh, for the about on this intro song, it says this song is a slightly altered version of Don Harper's Dank Earth from the film Dawn of the Dead, and includes a sample of Snakes and Ladders, which was by Gorillaz and Roots Maneuva, and was supposed to be on the album, but it got scrapped. It was later released as Soldier Boy by Martina Topley Bird and featured Gorillaz and Roots Maneuva. Crazy. Did not wow. know one bit of that. Nope. But Me neither. With that detail, with those details, I'm going to say this intro song rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, why not? <laughs> Slay. Okay, track two is a little song called Last Living Souls. Becca, how do you feel about Last Living Souls? I think there's a lot of cool instrumentals going on. Um... And I love how that when we get to like the bridge, uh, wait, what is the bridge? Yeah, it's all like acoustic and pretty and con- well, they do this a lot where it's like switching between acoustic, melodic to kind of more electronic spoken word kind of thing. Um, and it's like, I feel like the combination of those like program sounds and acoustic is kind of creating like a bleakness of the future 
and like the world ending sort of catastrophe does that make sense absolutely i i definitely was surprised as a fan as a teen when i first heard this record because it felt so much um it felt i don't want to say soulless but it like it has this like very artificial essence this very sort of like lacking in real instruments in like a sense that a band would play real instruments and this is a band that had been billed to us as like a four-piece cartoon band where everyone played instruments so i was like gagged that it was all just very bleak synth tones mixed with these like slightly human moments so yeah totally i agree completely I was just thinking when I listened to this record earlier that the bridge, like the piano and acoustic guitar stuff that happens in the song would be very hard to mix. <laughs> <laughs> the production value on this album is so good. Like when I sat down to listen to it in these headphones, I was like, this sounds flawless. It really does. The strings at the end of the bridge the that come in, like when the little drum machine comes back in the... It's so good. It's so, so, so unbelievably good. I don't think this song is necessarily the most jump in your face interesting track on the record, but when you start dissecting the elements, it is so sickening. Mm-hmm. Are there any lyrics I love? I think in general, a lot of the lyrics that Damon Albarn himself sings on these records outside of like the artists that are featured, I think a lot of the lyrics that he sings are more or less, they could be tracked as nonsense, but every now and then you get some really poetic moments. Um, not, I'm not saying that to like clock him, but like, you know, it's not like, these aren't like diary entries, period. I don't know. Maybe there's no lyrics in this song that make me want to run through drywall, but I do be loving this song. I think the song rocks. This song rocks. All right. Slay on uh, track three is a song called Kids with Guns. Kids with Guns. <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't know the name of this song and you heard this song, I bet you could guess it very quickly. Um, <laughs> but and again, we have the whole like kids with guns, they won't be long, and then mm. it goes into the most beautiful like. Uh, I'm like mixing it up with Last Living Souls now. These two songs, side by side, it's they're not remarkably different. Oh man, you're right. I feel like the BPM is even really similar, but I don't think that that's a bad thing. I do think that turning us into monsters. Okay, that's it. (laughs) That part is really beautiful and cool. The like, the kind of like cascading synth sound. The whatever yeah. whatever that is is so cool and that's also i meant to mention in um in last living souls the like dub i don't even know what instrument it sounds like it's like hitting guitar but like that dub like echoey percussive sound i love that david mm-hmm. Alvarez, like he just knows when he's like when he's like reaching out and grabbing like different genres of music he knows all the little touchstones that like make 
he is just going for all the seasoning in every other genre of music and just throws mm-hmm. it all in here. And it's really, it's well spiced, Damon. It's really well spiced. <laughs> I love this song. The the keyboard melody happening in the chorus is so good too. And it's so simple, but I love that keyboard tone. The like little high pitch one? Yeah. It's so good. I didn't know that this was this push it real. Is this from a, is it a sample or is this like is this Nina Cherry like actually on the track? Mm, I am assuming it's actually Nina Cherry on the track. That's a name I've never said out loud, so I hope that I'm pronouncing that right, but it just seems like it's Nina. 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 Um but I I love this part. This part is so cool. He like loves to reference. I feel like there's such a strong undercurrent of like hip hop references in Gorilla stuff, which is so. I love that. He is so tasteful. Yeah. Everyone and I'm involved. I'm glad he. I'm really glad he never attempts to rap himself. <laughs> yes. He. He literally is like the perfect fan of a genre like making music that is in that genre it's cool it's really cool he approaches it from like a perspective seemingly where it's like i want to do this but i don't want to do it i just want to like make the cool stuff and then let the people that are more equipped to do it do it Mm -hmm. he is literally just so smart i absolutely adore this song i think this song rocks yeah it rocks the like really noisy outro, so psycho good. Okay. Push it, push it real. Push it real, push it. Okay. Um, track four is a song called Oh Green World. Oh, I've never seen the album or the single art for this, but it's on uh <laughs> it's on Genius and it's cool. It looks like a painting we would look at in art history <laughs> yeah every art history class talks about the single art for Oak green world i love the sounds in this song they are so uh, they're like fun house they're sci-fi they're horror movie it's very they're- sound designy it is there's a lot of sound design elements going on I mean, it absolutely, I mean, also, can you imagine composing a song like this? <laughs> no, I straight up cannot. Like, I can, but I can't. It just to, like, be like, okay, I have this idea for this intro thing, and you're, like, laying out all these ridiculous, essentially whack sounds all together, making something so beautiful and fun. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. And then to have it, like, 90 degree turn into distorted acoustic guitar (laughs) right which like it's funny i didn't think about this before but listening to it now like all the distortion with his voice and the kind of amalgamation of instruments going on makes me think of garbage like trash like this is the equivalent of like synesthesia but i see trash (laughs) it's like Yes, it all sounds like cans, like a pile of dirty cans or something. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like it's crazy. It's it's really wild how like the sounds being so playful and so unconventional really does lean into a visual aspect. And this band being an entirely like actual fine arts visual band, it's just like the possibility is endless. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. This band could so easily just be like four drawn members truly playing their instruments. Like it was essentially sort of built to us in the beginning and it would be fine. But the fact that it has turned into something so much more um, experimental and so much more, you know, vast is just very cool. Oh, Green World is amazing. Yeah, my only qualm with it is that it's too long i yeah it's four and a half minutes yes and it's it's kind of the first one where it's like it's kind of the same throughout it's two parts more or less just over and over yeah which yeah i four and a half minutes of that is not necessarily the most interesting thing in the world but i think that it's fun enough and crazy enough to rock i think it rocks yeah it rocks oh man (laughs) we're doing it we're just listening to the songs nope i'm moving on to the next Uh, okay 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 track five is a song called dirty harry becca how do you feel about dirty harry let's see what i wrote i wrote the instrumental break is sick at Um, the beginning the instrumental break after oh. the beginning, after the like, after the chorus, the San Fernandez youth chorus. Here. Oh yeah, when the synth drops, the do 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 do. Yes. The God. The bass lines, I mean, on this entire album are iconic. It's so damn true. And then like after the strings, there's like another break and it's like strings, I think, happening. And then like Booty Brown comes in rapping and like goes so hard. It's so it's good. It's really cool composition. Really cool references the children's choir vibe is so i feel like the the subject matter i feel like this is obviously very intentional but the subject matter of the song is so violent and crazy that like having a children's choir sing it is so mm-hmm. the contrast is have you immediate do you watch the video for this i have seen it before but i have not watched it in years what's it like it's like an army tank thing vehicle in like the desert and then the animated characters of course but then i like how in all their videos whoever is featured like rapping they they're like in real life that's always and like he's yeah. like sorry no i was just gonna say that is smart yeah and like he the uh booty brown's like on top of the tank like rapping Oh, yes. This vid is so good. I love that, like, as this band went on, they started kind of 
melding these visual visuals together that are like animated and obviously drawn and then like some things that are so realistic that they look like just actual footage oh my god i forgot the lizard with the little hat on <laughs> and like this entire verse is like i feel like it's calling back to like almost 90s like backbeat type of hip-hop but then you have the strings going on being like very cinematic it's, it's a very cool contrast yeah it's the palette of of sounds here is very that i feel like with gorillas always like the palette of sounds is so unique and such a amalgamation of different references it is you don't really find that with other production heavy projects or like like, other people try and just it's bad yeah there's like some amount of like it's experimental gorillas music is like experimental with the intention of creating like a listenable sellable product which i think is really smart because i feel like with some producers like you listen to like a producer's album you're gonna hear their brain at work but it's not always like in the effort to make a product that is like a song you know it's Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like experimenting for the sake of experimenting with gorillas i feel like it's just like damon albarn's desire to make melodic music is so strong that he's like never going to put out something that's like atonal noise it's always going to have some amount of like groove or rhythm or something some hook to it which is really i love that i appreciate that so 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 much Mm-hmm. I love this song. In the Pitchfork review, they talk about how this is like an attempt to, uh, an attempt to like rekindle the spark of Clint Eastwood, and I could not agree less. I think that this song has its own. They're it's only its own. making that that connection because of the names. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Okay, I could see that for sure. I think that this song, when I first, as a teen, when I first got this record, this was the first song that like really jumped out to me because it is, I guess, like in ways similar to what the band had been doing before. And I was not immediately obsessed with the like synth drony weird atmosphere of this album. Um, Obviously it grew on me, but God, this song fucking rocks. I love this song. It rocks. There's also like children playing outside right now and being loud. So if that is in the background of the audio, I apologize. Sunday She's, night. She says she's sorry. Um, okay. Track six. Feel good ink. I feel like what could we possibly say about this song that the song hasn't already said for itself? I wonder everywhere to the song. (laughs) I feel like any baby born (laughs) after any baby born in the 90s and even early 2000s probably know all the words to this song. Also, um, I wrote down in my notes that uh, they should use this in English classes as material to like talk about and interpret. <laughs> I think it's I probably came to that conclusion after reading all of the genius annotations on it. Are they crazy? Yeah. It's like 
there's just a there's a lot of references and I don't know. It's like war and poverty and freedom versus I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm like literally the contributors on this are going in and it's like line by line almost. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. If you have not looked at the genius annotations for Feel Good Ink by Gorillas, someone is on here doing legitimate work. <laughs> Pay these people. Um Yeah, I literally I'm not sure I have much to say about this song. I think the song is absolutely amazing and it is as popular as it is because it is fucking good as fuck. Um, Damon Albarn through his noodle character said to MTV I remember the beginning of the formation of Feel Good Inc. quite clearly I had a beat that was a little bit 80s very upbeat but maybe halfway through my attention wandered I played something more acoustic just something that reminded me of the countryside so I wrote down some keywords to help with the lyrical imagery windmill was one of them it was a trigger to symbolize a different time and also a reference to the dark satanic mills that William Blake wrote about in his verse of Jerusalem. I remember that it all started when I was reading the ingredients off the back of a potato chip packet. (laughs) (laughs) This is in the genius. This is annotated in the genius for the windmill line. But also uh, being American and not knowing anything else about other countries. The dark satanic mills that Blake wrote about were none other than the large-scale mills in England during the Industrial Revolution that threatened to crush the business of small independent mills in the same way that incorporated would obliterate anything crossing its path. Wow. Like, who fucking knew? Also, George Orwell used windmills as a metaphor for totalitarian and coercive power in Animal Farm. There's also... The English idiom, tilting at windmills, which means battling imaginary enemies. This comes from the novel Don Quixote, whose titular character fights with windmills, thinking they're giants. I think the whole windmill thing was like, make this an English class thing. (laughs) Yes, that that is the annotation to end all annotations. That is like very thorough and... I feel like with at least the tiniest bit of um, with the tiniest bit of exposure to most of the things that are being talked about in this annotation, especially at age 15 when I was getting into this record, I feel like maybe I had an understanding of the imagery that was being implied through the chorus, but it is nice to hear that um, there are solid bullet points for it. And that it's not just jibber-jabber bullshit. Like, it's not just making up words. And the title is not, like, a reference to nothing. The song is crazy. Damon Albarn is so... He's galaxy brain. He's just... The catchy, instantly memorable intro to the song. So the... I mean, on Genius... It's written out like sha shabada shabada ka feel good, which I'm like, what? 
Well, there is like vocals over the bass line to make the bass line a little like more crazy sounding. You should listen, just listen to the very beginning of it. Yeah. To like, it gives it like a weird. I never, yeah. I only hear the like shh at the beginning of the things. So, shh. I know some people will do this sort of thing with like a uh, program drum track or any sort of percussion just to like make the percussion more like interesting sounding to make it a little more unique sounding. So I think that that is definitely what's happening here. And it's funny that they annotated that change is the thing that he chants. Oh, I will say something about the song that I didn't notice before today listening thoroughly for this pod is that there's like high-pitched screaming and wailing going on in like the right ear in the background like when during like the verses oh okay Fine. like the whole the whole first verse okay I'm listen on it. the right side that does not sound like someone's screaming. what is it is it guitar it then? sounds like guitar does it hold on let me listen It's just like weird, very high pitched guitar like, with effects on it that it just sounds very far away. It's like sliding around between notes. It's wild. It's something that I never ever heard in the song before today. I do think that the record static in the chorus is such a funny thing. The what? There's like record static crackling. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. They do that a lot on this record. It was still like a cool technique during this era. Now it's like so yeah. played out. Yeah. So um, this won the 2005 MTV Video Music Award for Breakthrough Video and Best Visual Effects. And then won a 2006 Grammy Award for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals. It's awful because I didn't even know... I think I knew at some point in time, but if you would have asked me, I would not have known who the rappers on the song were because they're not, I mean, I knew it was like De La Soul, but I didn't, they're not like credited in like the title or anything like that. So it's just, I didn't know which individual members of De La Soul were singing what parts. I think this song fucks. I think it rocks. Okay. Track seven, El Manana. Becca, how do you feel about El Manana? <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this song. It's a good song. It's pretty. Yeah. This feels the most like it could be just a blur song. Right. Blur definitely had some tracks before this that sounded like this, and they went on to make more songs that sounded like this. The song rocks. It's just good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> After El Manana, we've got track eight. <laughs> Every planet we reach is dead. I think that the cadence and the groove of this song is so funny <laughs> the way it sucks just like that yeah 
but it sucks that Ike Turner is playing the piano part on this song. That does suck. Because fuck Ike Turner. Yes. Um, it's so that that synth tone is so off-putting, but like <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's There's like, a lot of synth tones used that sound like you're in a horror movie or like a haunted house. Haunted house as fuck. It's literally, this song makes me feel seasick. I guess that goes with like the whole zombie imagery going on on this record, maybe. Yeah, I think in general, there's like an amount of like intentional skin crawling vibes that are happening uh, sonically. Have- have you watched Malignant yet? I have not yet, but I read the plot synopsis. <laughs> it's so fun. Okay, so you enjoyed it. It is so fun, and everyone's like, are we supposed to take this seriously or not? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who cares? It's fun. Like, okay. <laughs> there's just a lot of unanswered, like, why <laughs> when you watch it. So do you think that this song could be in the Malignant soundtrack? Is that what you're saying? Oh, my God. The soundtrack is so horrendous is it there's like i pointed out it's like this this one like weird like electronic but like dubstep cover of pixies where is my mind okay sick and they play it that's like the only song they play throughout the movie and when it first uh it like happened during a transition and i was like wait that's pixies where is my mind and we had to rewind it and be like yeah it is and then it's like that song is very like what you'd see on tiktok and like cringy tiktoks of like goth kids like having that in the background and like okay having like full makeup on and doing things like this <laughs> like with their hands. <laughs> okay, okay. Becca's essentially doing like like gloveness. Like, yeah. have you ever seen the people that do the lights on the gloves? <laughs> it's like very that motion. Okay, this song is actually fucking so crazy. I unfortunately think this song rocks, but it is low on my list of fave songs on this record. <laughs> It's kind of the same throughout, huh? More or less, but it does have some really wild... Oh, the um, end gets cool. Yeah. I don't even know what some of these instruments are. It's cool because it feels like woodwinds, again, maybe the return of the bassoon or something, but it is very, like, croaky bass clarinet towards the end, which is sickening. I just love this band i love how <laughs> thorough everything is on the studio lps everything is really thorough when you start like digging into the weird stuff in between the lps it is less thorough but the lps are definitely very smart and labored over and cool okay i think the song is fine sick all right <laughs> Track nine, November has come. Uh, I remember this being, this was, my friend group listened to this song literally nonstop all the time. But this, I will say from day one, this high pitch synth loop 
that's happening this whole song hurts my ears. <laughs> it's right off the get-go, Becca. You can barely hear it. It hurts my... It feels like a dog whistle to me. <laughs> it literally, like, hurts my ears. I obviously can look past it. Yeah, I don't understand the purpose of that. Because, like, ev- everything else is fine. It's like, it doesn't need that. Yeah, okay. I never... I've mostly been listening to it on my phone. So, of okay. course, like, you can't hear it through phone speakers. But now that I'm, like, wearing my headphones, I'm like, wow, that is annoying. It's really annoying. No. That's awful. And it's, like, it was the whole song. Well, I think that's a good sign that, like, we haven't lost a good amount of our hearing that we can hear <laughs> that frequency. Yeah. Yeah. But also RIP MF Doom. I know. Sad. There is, when you talk about little sounds, this song is like a smorgasbord of little sounds, and they're all so cool. The little, the little, like, guitar slides that go wham I love them (laughs) 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 they're so and the synth that comes in they're like I love that shit (laughs) I think the song is fine yeah I love this song. I think this song rocks. I just hate that high-pitched squealy synth. Yeah, that kind of ruined it for me. I was like, I don't know. I guess they're more just like... When their songs don't have like any sort of variety. I mean, there is variety in this, but I want more. It's not like a feel-good ink where, like, the verses and the chorus have, like, different identities. This all feels like kind of one vibe the whole time. And that's fine. That's great. It's just, like, more traditional for a gorilla song. Yeah, I think, like, El Manana and Every Planet We Reach is Dead and this song are kind of like a dip in the album where it's, like, it just, like, chills out a little bit and it's all kind of the same groove and, like steady beat mm-hmm. yeah i i agree with that i do think that there is like a a dip here and then things start to go off of some whole other set of rails but <laughs> <laughs> i i think the song still rocks i really like the song cool okay well track 10 is a song <laughs> called all alone featuring Martina Topley Bird and Roots Maneuver. I I love this song. I think it's really cool. I think that the delay, maybe it's not even delay, the way that the hi-hats hit in, the way that the hi-hats hit in the, like, the actual beat, like, the drum beat of the song is so... The drums are just sickening in this song. They're so powerful. They have, like, their own energy that, like, propels you from the beginning of the song through the end. I think that Roots Maneuva is... He kind of has, like, 
obviously there's been a lot of really amazing rapping before this, but like the energy, he's like matching the drums. He just got a really good song to be on. Like this song just really captures like a lot of great, like great performances, period. Right. The like, the dub percussion that like kind of is like fading in and out of like when the drums are stopping is such a like so nice contrast. Bad. It's so, it's like, oh, it's just so good. This is a very pleasing track. <laughs> and then we get this amazing 180 at the end. Uh, the Well, the bridge, the close your eyes and see when there ain't no light. Martina Topley Bird coming in with the most beautiful. You get the crazy FM radio squiggly sound. Also, it's just so... Oh, I love this song. It's a sleeper, too, because to me, it doesn't necessarily have um, the immediacy, like the hooky sort ofness of, uh, like, feel good. But mm-hmm. it is so... When you start taking it apart, when you really start, like, seeing the woods for the trees, it's very sick. I agree with everything you have said. <laughs> Hell, yeah. The, the like percussion is so sick. I mean... This it's is, infectious. Yeah, the song is very much slept on. So good. The, like, little lines right at the end of... His first verse, the ten spoons of spinach, the soul in the spillage, the cup that runneth over, return of the ogre. I'm like, okay, literally, I just, the imagery is all cool. It's cool. It's so sick. And the guitar. say that? It's, it's, those are like the last few lines that Roots Maneuva says before the the chorus. I thought you were talking about the song. It says that at the end. No. Uh Uh-uh. Um, but that guitar at the end, the little high pitch guitar, the bam bam bam, that shit is so. It just like adds like a nice contrast because that feels like very. It almost feels like a different BPM to the song. It's so much slower than like the very propelling percussive aspects. I just love this song. I think the song's amazing. I think this song fucks. I think the song rocks. Okay. Well, track 11 is a song called White Light. (laughs) Like, how do you feel about White Light? Don't you think this could be a Blur song? Most, it feels, yes. It has, I'm going to say something crazy. It has, like, song two sorts of vibes. (laughs) It has kind of, like, crazy beat by Blur vibes. It just is so... The liter- All I typed out for my notes on this song is crazy, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it is insane that this song is, it exists and is on this record. I will say, there's a Demon Days Live uh, like concert performance DVD from when they were, I think they played a couple shows around. There was this record, I don't know if it was a full tour or not, but um, that... Them playing this song on that in those performances made me love this song. Because really? at first I was just kind of like, this is so, this is on like a literal, like newborn reading level um, in terms of, you know, what the song is presenting. It's not crazy, but it's, it made me, that performance of it made it really cool. 
I don't know what else to say. Alcohol. 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 (laughs) White light. What did the genius, what does the annotation say? White lightning is a slang term for really strong alcohol, particularly moonshine. However, the song is about more than just strong alcohol. The white light image and the repetition of the word alcohol can be interpreted as drinking a lot of alcohol and then white light, what you're supposed to see when you're dying, likely a reference to how abusing alcohol can lead to death or an ethylic coma. Is that what that word is? I don't know. There is a surprising amount of annotation for a song that has what? Three words total. Yeah, no. On in their in the band's autobiography, Noodle stated this song is about the relentless fury of alcohol, the focus drive and singular thirst that that kind of desire creates. One man's passion is another man's addiction. Alcohol is one of the ways we suppress our indecisions. Tivana preach noodle, dude. So, yeah. I mean this song is fine i guess (laughs) i'm gonna say it rocks because it is um it's cool i like that it's here and again it has it brings like a certain energy that i feel like a lot of the other songs um don't necessarily touch on but it is in general not necessarily my fave but it still rocks okay becca Next track. up is my favorite song on the album. <laughs> track 12, Dare. Oh, my God. I wish if I had a time machine, I'd go back to the day this record came out and I heard the song for the first time because it was like it blew my little mind. Still put this on. <laughs> all, well, my family loves making me be in charge of like playlists in terms of like someone's wedding or like family party you know i always put the song on there (laughs) it's so it like is just so good it's like the the groove is undeniable the synth is undeniable the hooks are so fun and goofy it's such a vibe it really really is there's so many ways you can dance to this song as well. As well. I said that really weird. So in this song, we're treated to the ca- cartoon character Noodle singing. And in this instance, it's voiced by musical artist Roses Gabor. And in the first on the first record, all the Noodle stuff was done by Sibomato's Miho Hattori. I did not look into any of that. I clicked on the Noodle in 2D chorus annotation because I knew that they obviously bring someone out to sing this on the live DVD, and it's so sick. I don't know anything about... Let's Google. Roses Gabor? There's, like... I read so much about how Damon Arbor... Albarn talks about how the song was supposed to be like it's it's because of writer's thick mancunian I'm talking about Sean Ryder the guy who sings the like shouting parts 
He was unable to say the phrase "It's there," which was the song's original title, so it was simply changed to "Dare." But Sean Ryder has said, like, in the studio, he couldn't hear the track in his headphones, so he was like, "Turn it up," and and then that's where the "It's coming up, it's coming up," and then he gets to the volume he likes, and he says, "It's there," and like that's what they sampled. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this song is so psychotically good. There's some amazing quotes about Sean Ryder on the Genius from Damon, saying, "I love Sean Ryder." During the whole Oasis thing, he and Bernard Summer were the only two who cared about what I was going through, being constantly taken the piss out of by Noel and Liam Gallagher. How can you fight when you've got the tabloids and a working class attitude on your back? You're fucked. But Sean was really sweet to me. It made me feel a whole lot better about it because I did get quite upset about it. So was selecting Sean Karma in action then? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, wow. This is so cool. I literally, this song is so fucking crazy good. This song makes me want to go feral. I love this song. This song fucks. (laughs) This song fucks. Damn. Okay. All right. After Dare, we've got track 13, Fire Coming Out of a Monkey's Head. Okay, Becca, how do you feel about Fire Coming Out of a Monkey's Head? Um. Um. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Hopper, uh, my guy. I only know him, I think, from Speed that I watched recently, which is a great movie. I think you know him more than I do. Um, I'm looking. I don't know any of these movies. He... Oh. oh, oh, okay. I know I'm from Apocalypse Now then, too. Oh, he's in Waterworld. He's, he's in Blue Velvet. Kind of stuff. We probably sound like uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah, we definitely sound stupid as shit right now, but that's fine. I mean, old white men. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just dot, dot, dot. For on real. That topic. When someone is like, hey, do you want to watch this movie? And it's just all old white men. I'm like, no. No, period. Absolutely boots. not. Don't get mad at me about that. I just, how is, that does not interest me at all. This song is so crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I this is. I skip this song. I think the song is so sickening, but it is not. I don't. I don't medically require the existence of this song. Yeah. No. Um, I think it is fine. R.I.P. Dennis Hopper. Oh, so sad. But with this song, we're given track 14. Don't get lost in heaven. Yes, track 14, Don't Get Lost in Heaven. I love, love, love this song. Wow. This song is psycho good. I'm surprised. You you don't agree? 
No, I'm just like, I would not guess that you love, love, love this song. It's so beautiful. It is. I think the Pitchwork Review says that this is Damon trying on some other band's style. I can't remember if it's like, oh, the Beach Boys is what they say this is. Mm. This is his Beach Boys song. I just love that the song, it's so short, but doesn't feel, it still feels like its own idea. It doesn't feel like a little, like, interlude or anything. Mm-hmm. It's, um, well, you know we're coming to the end. Yeah, we're ascending to heaven at this point. We're climbing up the the mountain where there's fire coming out of a monkey's head. Okay, so from their autobiography, an homage to Brian Wilson's genius for vocal arrangement, Don't Get Lost is a gleaming confection of choir, piano, and glockenspiel. If sunshine had a sound, this be it, displaying a warm-hearted recreation of the Beach Boys' signature layered choral sound. Yes. Yes, then the pitchwork review is correct. The you're a ho girl, yeah, you're a hobo. Those are weird lines, but in general, I think this song rocks. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, in the second what? verse. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. What? Yeah, those are undeniably the lyrics. What? Listening now. I always kind of assumed that the trail off was into like nonsense, but Oh, it's part of the like there that gorilla's universe. 2D may be talking about Paula, his girlfriend at the time. She was found cheating with Murdoch and kicked out of gorillas. Paula. I did not know there's ever a member of Gorilla's name Paula, but <laughs> shout out to her. We love her. <gasps> She's a hoe. She's maybe a hobo. I forget. <laughs> I literally forget that hobo, quote unquote, is a term. Like, what? In 2021, no one's singing about that except for Hobo Johnson. But Becca's never made the face she just made at me. What is before. that line on Pink Friday where she's like, need a wet wipe? Oh, she calls it. Them a bum. Bum, yeah, in case okay. a bum tried to touch <laughs> me. Ew. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to refer to a houseless person, but right. okay. I literally love Don't Get Lost in Heaven. I think it rocks. Uh, it rocks. All right. Closing track on Demon Days. It is a song called Demon Days. Becca, how do you feel about Demon Days? <laughs> Demon days. <laughs> the string arrangement is beautiful with the fuzzy, undistinguishable, distorted guitar into the dry bass and the single string melody, but then turns into like island time. Are so, you reading that or is that your that's notes? That's what my notes say. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Those notes feel like they're really good <laughs> those are really good notes Becca you're just okay <laughs> <laughs> they felt poetic they felt like I was reading them in a review 
those notes sound like really good. Really good, Becca. <laughs> Is I don't think I. It's Damon. It's Damon. Is yeah, it his I, falsetto. I, literally, was just about to say. I don't think I ever realized it was him. He's going for it, bitch. He has a beautiful voice. He really. He has such a unique voice. Mm-hmm. He gives me so much hope for like my weird, creaky voice that does not fit anyone. Um, octave. <laughs> He's cool. I love him. Uh, <laughs> he held. He touched my hand. He like. Oh, held, held it very briefly when we went and saw him. That was such a fun show. Yeah, I love. I literally adore this man. It's funny that this song is. I'm curious how many actual chords this song is. It seems like two, maybe three. The guitar is so good when it comes in. Oh, and the drums. Oh, this song is so psycho good. I'm glad the choir comes in. Otherwise, it gets too much into, like, reggae territory for me. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's a... Famously, there's, like, a remix album of the first Gorillaz record that's, like, Space Monkeys versus Gorillaz, which is, like, essentially, like, a whole reggae and dub version of that album i hate and that's okay i hate reggae okay well there's famously (laughs) in season three of is it season three or i think it might be season in season three of drag race there's an amazing uh reggae moment where in one of the challenges this is the i'm gonna say this is the last thing i'm ever gonna say on the podcast (laughs) uh, i'm gonna tell this little story in season three there's a music challenge where the i don't remember how many queens it's like they're down to like six or something but they're they have to cover a rupaul song in a certain style of music and um shangela Mm -hmm. purposely she this is the first time she quote unquote puts on her producer hat but she purposely pretends like she really wants reggae so another queen will pick that genre like these amazing shots of her like in the workroom be like "Mm, i love reggae (laughs) (laughs) i want reggae and she gets like country and she's like see i I got what i wanted the whole time it's like this whole setup it's so goofy um i think that i think demon days title track is so psycho good i think this record could not have ended any other way um yeah Pick yourself up. It's a brand new day. So turn yourself around. Don't burn yourself. Turn yourself. Turn yourself around into the sun. To 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 the sun. It's so... It, like, ends a really bleak record on a really hopeful little note. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it is... If it is by some weird circumstances, like, an implication of, like, the main characters of the story, like, dying, ascending to heaven vibes, that's fine. I'm into that. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. It leaves a little bit of hope, maybe. As much yeah. as I hate that. Um. <laughs> Guys, I really don't hate hope, okay? I'm just being <laughs> hyperbolic. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, there's a genius annotation that is good. 
Um, and it says, the album talks a lot about the negative aspects of modern life, from the Iraq war and global pollution to the plastic nature of an overly monetized music industry. It represents today's era as being the quote-unquote demon days. Totally agree. I think that this record is very of the time, but I do think that it's also aged really well. Um, I don't know. I just love it. I think the song rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it rocks. Well, Becca, we have seemingly reached the end. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Demon Days by Gorillaz? Um, no. <laughs> I think that in terms of my, f- in like chronicling my favorite albums um, by this band, I have a really funny ad right now that I'm going to screenshot and send to you. Um, but in terms of chronicling my favorite albums by this band, I think this is this this and self-titled Osley between second and third with Plastic Beach being my like obvious first fave um, because yeah. it's just so that record's unbelievable. I'm really not that familiar with their self-titled. I, def- I definitely recommend listening to it. In my iTunes, I only have Demon Days and Plastic Beach. And I remember going to Best Buy and buying Plastic Beach when it came out and being obsessed. That record just seriously god tier music. Okay, I sent you a really funny image in the chat. This is an ad that I literally have on genius.com right now. What the fuck? (laughs) No! No! (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, okay, final verdict. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) I've seen this image before, so unfortunately, it... It's it's instant insanity is lost on me, but this is the kind of shit my dad sees and is like, that's real. <laughs> God bless Ernie. Uh, that's so funny. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, I'm ready now. All right, final verdict. Ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. One, two, three. It, it rocks. rocks. God, it rocks. It's so sickeningly good. Uh, um, Becca, I really appreciate you. Um, I feel like over the years, you've always entertained my obsession with this band, and I appreciate that because I feel like this band has a very nerdy fan base, and people that love gorillas are people that are essentially freaks of nature and are better left in their gaming rooms in front of their TVs or computers. Um, rather than out in the real world, but um, I love this band. Okay, well, it's the end of season two. Yeah, so we're going to take a little break because work is crazy on a boots for me right now, and um, just like trying to uphold a weekly schedule is really hard. So we'll be back, though. We have mm-hmm. iconic guests that we that were slotted for season two that never panned out, so obviously they'll have to come in for season three. Stay tuned for more hot takes on albums. 
Yeah, or just glowing personal reviews of albums that you forgot existed. Mm-hmm. Please That's like. That's what we're good for. Please like us. Please subscribe to us. Please give us five stars. Rate us. But only if you give us five stars. Yeah, I can't even imagine giving us four stars. What sick, twisted individual would ever do that? Um, but yeah, do those things. This is a great chance for you to get caught up on the apps that you might have missed or the albums that you never listened to. Um, I know I work with someone who was just telling me that they they were doing this really twisted. They're being an overachiever and doing this really twisted thing where they would listen to the song. They listened to the song and then they'd listen to our critique of the song and then they'd move on and do that. Steven was literally doing that earlier today. Okay, with what album? Um, he finally finished. He was listening to Parachutes. Oh. And then he went on to um, of Montreal. So okay, sick. Twins. This yeah. person started with um, the Shins episode. I was like, okay, no. It's like that's famously one of the craziest hodgepodge apps that took like a lot of it's not our most clear and concise period. I have no memory of that episode. That was my our first app that I was in Chicago where Sarah's computer wouldn't oh. record. And then all the people were talking in the background, you know. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to it. Rocks or It Sucks. I love you. Bye. Bye. It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.